everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. And this is our headline news edition, September 20th, 2020. Our first story is about University of Michigan strikers who are still demanding change after the strike had ended with a compromise. On September 8th, over 2,000 graduate students and graduate assistants under the Union Graduate Employees Organization went on strike over COVID-19 situations, demanding a safer environment of which includes choice to work remotely and increased COVID testing. The strike ended this Wednesday when the strikers agreed on a second offer from the university. However, this offer came just a few days after Michigan condemned the strike stating that public employees are not allowed to strike, and so the president requested authorization for a temporary restraining order because he was citing cases of disruption of classes. But the university received a lot of backlash on this order, so they quickly withdrew it and proposed the second offer that was compromised on. This offer not only included a pay increase, and a safe COVID environment, but also pressured the university into looking at its police presence on campus. And although the GEO members are no longer striking, they're still bringing in demands and supporting another strike that started on September 9th by the Michigan housing employees who are not actually a formal union. Again, the Michigan housing employees are striking for safer COVID um, environment. Overall, the University of Michigan staff, so this is the professors, published an open letter stating their support for the strikers and the concern over the university's poor response. Since COVID started, there have been a rise in cases every week due to Michigan's hybrid instruction plan. Because of the strike, the, uh, the university recently released accessible dashboards to track COVID cases and next month, the campus will ramp up their testing to 6,000 people. Wow, when your own professors go against you, it's kind of sad. Yeah. And also 6,000 people. Let me remind you that University of Michigan has an enrollment of 44,000 people, not including the faculty. And they're and saying they're ramping it up to 6,000 people? That's just not reasonable. Or they're, they're testing capacity. That's even worse. (laughs) Yeah. And the funny thing is that, so they started the strike on September 8th, right? Labor Day was September 7th. And I'm pretty sure, I I looked at it, and they released a statement saying, uh, like, saying their support for Labor Day, right? And Labor Day comes because of labor strikes. That's ironic. Yeah. And... I mean, the whole COVID situation, too, is... Yeah, I don't understand why schools are offering, like, hybrid plans. And they're like, oh, you have to come to school on this day, even though we have an entire pandemic going on in our world. I think students should have the option, like they said, to, you know, stay at home and do remote learning instead. This is just not safe, still. Yeah, I mean, because in the spring, they were like, get out of here, kids. Don't come. Go oh back home. God. But they're like, no, come here. And they're like, nope. Now it's safe, even though they're like there are more back, COVID cases. Back in March, it was like a few, like a hundred COVID cases and zero deaths, and they were like, go away. And now they're like, it's it's safe. Come back. 
but it's piece. not. It's really not. <laughs> and it really shows you that it's about the money. Mm-hmm. Because back then, right, they already paid their tuition, and now they're like, we need tuition. But it's not like the colleges, especially University of Michigan, which is a renowned public university, they're not lacking money. They're really not. <laughs> but they're still, like, wanting that money. It's ridiculous yeah. how they're trying to profit still off of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also issues such as, um, like, paying full tuition for online school. Yeah. Like, those people I have a bone to pick with because it's not even in-person instruction and you're learning. I guess for some people, you're learning a lot less Especially you should be, right, than promised. Yeah. As- Especially, like, private colleges, because private colleges, they often include their housing in their tuition. Oh, yeah. Public colleges don't, which, so I guess it's, and also if you're in-state, it's a lot cheaper, but private, like, you're not there. But you're still Why am I paying for housing? Exactly. You're at home killing, not even on campus, and yet, you're still paying full tuition. Not to mention that the curriculum is arguably worse. Yeah, and you lose out on, like, opportunities, right? What you also pay for in college is, like, research opportunities, being in, like, whatever lab, talking with professors, um, getting internships, getting jobs. And yet, here we are. Yeah. And, I mean, like, rightfully, the graduate students and assistants are fearful for the safety, right? Because it's not like the college... I'm sure you guys have all seen stories of college students hosting parties. Oh, yeah. I think there was one instance where a few of them tested positive the day before they hosted a party in person in their house, I think. Those I don't even know what to say about those people. There are a lot of things I'd like to say, but I'm going to cut back on that. (laughs) Yeah. I have a question. So, Mm -hmm. it said that not only did they include a pay increase in in a safer COVID environment, but they also pressured the university into looking at its police presence on campus. Do they have police on their campus? Most colleges do, yeah. Right? But is it worse than, like, other colleges? I don't think it's worse. I think it was just part of a issue that with, I mean, with what happened over the summer, right? Oh, yeah. They're... They're always looking into issues that, like, arise in colleges, right? Mm -hmm. And it's one problem that should be addressed. And although it wasn't part of their initial demand, it, I think that strike also spearheaded other demands that students Mm -hmm. had concerning their own safety at school. Oh, like, it's, like, accumulating demands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, our second story of the day is about WeChat. And let's not forget about WeChat, because WeChat, along with TikTok, is also being banned from many app stores in the United States. In August, Trump signed two executive orders stating that TikTok and WeChat should be banned, citing national security because of data collections. And they're both owned by Chinese companies, and the two apps are used by millions of Americans every day. We know this because our parents use WeChat. Mm-hmm. Many of you have already heard of TikTok and its Gen Z users, and there has been a lot of exceptions Trump has made for TikTok, such as being bought by a U.S. company, but WeChat has seemed to be sent to doom. 
WeChat is used by almost every single person in China, along with around 19 million Chinese and Chinese Americans in America, either for business or just regular everyday connection with loved ones. WeChat is critical to modern life in China, and so it has spread to Chinese people and Chinese Americans. The ban will begin September 20th, today, and no one in the US will be able to download WeChat nor update it. However, if you already have the app, you can still use it. A spokesperson for WeChat claimed that they are discussing plans with the US government to allow the app to be available on the App Store again. Okay. <laughs> I have the app. The app has not let me sign in for about a year, and I have given up on the app. Do you actually use it? I can't. I can't. Wait, before did you actually use um, it? Yes, I did, because I was in a group chat with my parents, my aunt, who live here, my aunts who live here and in China. Oh, I see. Yeah, but ever since I went to China, then I came back and it didn't work anymore. I don't know what's going on sketchy. with that. Sketchy. Sketchy. It is sketchy. I mean, I have, well, my mom uses it pretty often to chat with some of her friends. And yeah, well, I think it's mostly her friends here because we use WhatsApp for our relatives in Hong Kong mm-hmm. and in LA. So, mm, I mean, I feel like a lot of other people are in the same boat, right? Because we have a bunch of people have relatives in China and Asia, and WeChat is definitely one of the bigger sources of communication. Yeah. That they're using to contact each other. Yeah, because it's crazy. And I think especially WeChat is mainly focused on China. I'd say WhatsApp is more the rest of Asia. Yeah, I think so. Um, Even Hong Kong, there's not... Like, WeChat isn't so implemented in daily life. Like, in places of China, they don't even accept cash or credit. You have to give them your... You pay with WeChat, right? So no one texts, like, there's no text messaging. Like, you know how, like, I, I message you, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no such thing. WeChat. It's all WeChat, right? <laughs> and they pay with WeChat. It's like their PayPal, their credit card, their tax, their social media. That's interesting. I've actually never thought of it that way. Yeah. And and you, like, get on the bus and you want to pay for things, you use your phone, right? Yeah. Nobody carries cash, like, or credit. Well, in Hong Kong, I don't know. I, Hong I, Kong, there's, like, octopus cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still do use cash, but octopus cards are for like smaller transactions and mm-hmm. transportation so i'm still very fascinated by <laughs> yeah i think technology is very intertwined yes in really china is. with your daily life while here it is intertwined but it's not as, as implemented because yeah. we have like separate things for everything like we have a cards like credit cards and stuff like that cash apple pay i guess or like samsung mm-hmm. pay but that's like not used as often. It's used for convenience, I feel like. Yeah. WeChat has its own set of problems, though. For example, like, spreading false news. It's like Facebook for Chinese people, I guess. It's, I mean, yeah, it's quite a problem because my mom is, like, telling me, oh, yeah, this news thing happened, and I asked her, did you get that from WeChat? And she's like, yeah. And I go... That's unreliable. Stop it. Oh my gosh, the amount of times that has happened. <laughs> I have had that same exact conversation with my own mom. Mm-hmm. I remember when COVID-19 hit, right? Like, this was in March. My mom came up to me. She's like, did you know that inhaling hot air will kill the COVID, like, the virus in your stomach? And I was like, 
I'm pretty sure that is not true. If that were true, the virus would have been eradicated by now. Okay? And she's like, no, look at this video. And I looked at the video. I was like, this is a very sketchy video. <laughs> yeah, I've had like pretty much that same exact conversation. She shows me like a video. Oh my god, look at this news. And I'm like, that looks fake. Mm-hmm. I remember when this huge thing came out. I think it was across all WeChat, like where microwaves could give you cancer. Oh yeah, there's like so much stuff about that. Like, yeah, and then my mom cancer. made me stop using the microwave for like a month. And I remember we were talking to our high school, uh, our middle school social studies teacher, right? And I told, we were talking about that. And he said that he had the exact same experience with his own mom. Oh, right. He, yeah. His mom threw <laughs> out the microwave. I remember that. Yeah, my mom was like commending like, um, I think my aunt for not using the microwave. She's like, oh my gosh, you're eating so much healthier. And I just looked at her and I was like, um... There is nothing that suggests that using a microwave isn't healthy. Just saying. And there's also a lot of, like, political fake news, like what you Mm -hmm. see on Facebook. There's a lot of that, but it's all sent by a person. There's no bot. People just see it, and they just send it. And they share it. And And I look at it, and I was like, I feel disappointment Mm -hmm. coursing through my body. Mm -hmm. And, like, the issue is that people think that it's real, and they start sharing it with everyone. So it just circulates around the web. And... I guess there's like a large population of people that use this app. So then that fake news spreads everywhere. Yeah. Especially like coming from China, right? Mm -hmm. Not even the group chats. Like my dad and my mom have group chats with people who live outside of China. So like in here, you know, our school has a parents group we chat. Do they? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Are you? Serious? I know. Yeah. There's a for our oh, high school and our middle school as well. I have no. I had no idea. My mom was like not that involved. Oh, That's my why. mom is like she's in all these group chats, um, and it's insane. Like there's a lot of other things, like cause not only do you connect with people in the state, right? You can also connect with people in places like china where if they see news they send it over and mm-hmm. let's just say most of the news they receive may not be entirely accurate not accurate at all i think <laughs> so yeah but i that's where i get the case where there is a national security so c- a concern right mm-hmm. um but i mean what cost is it to our own livelihood as chinese people in america yeah because we said before we want to keep contact with our relatives right in china Mm -hmm. and in asia and because before wechat right we had to pay for international calling right right and there's no international text either because they can't use text Mm -hmm. right and there's whatsapp too but no one uses whatsapp over there in china no so So, (laughs) you want us to pay for international calling now and stuff like that yeah it's just a lot more well, it's not even international. It's, like, constant, like, being there, right? You can just say, like, hey, like, what's up, right? Exactly. Just, like, checking in every mm-hmm. so often. But now you can't because I think, well, international calling, the fees are over the top. And no yeah. just, I don't think anyone's just going to keep up anymore, at least as often, even though it won't so much. But even yeah. that's pushing it. I mean, of course, like, if you already have the app, app it you can still use it, but there's always discrepancies in the future. Like, what if it updates and then you can't use it anymore, right? Exactly. What if you like update your entire basically, phone? That basically 
removes the connection. Yeah. Okay, that's just... Well, our third story is slightly better in terms of mood than our previous two stories, because... It is getting a bit sad up in here. A little bit. Mm. So, states in Mexico have started banning junk food sales to minors. Imagine if that happened here. So, if you are under the age of 18, right, and buying a Coca-Cola or, like, some Cheetos with your friends at the store after school may not be feasible for you anymore because it's illegal in some parts. This is because of... COVID, actually, and you might think, like, what's related, right? As more than 70,000 Mexicans have died due to the pandemic, officials are learning the effects of previously underlying health concerns and conditions and the risk of surviving COVID, finding out that those who died had issues of obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disorders, and other lifestyle-related health issues. And, I mean, we know, we've known for a long time, time right diet plays a huge part in your lifestyle and health and in order to impact the younger generation i hope they leave uh, they live a healthier lifestyle governments are trying to restrict the consumption of junk food although some critics are saying that the government is just diverting attention away from health poorly they've been reacting to covid break uh, the covid outbreak no one can really deny that there is actually a problem of overconsumption of unhealthy foods in Mexico. About one-third of young Mexicans are overweight. So from age 6 to 19, they're overweight. And as this is because many Mexicans are just trying to stretch the little... Many people are just trying to stretch the little money they have, right? Especially in urban areas. And so they choose junk food, which is cheap and it's filling, right? It fills you up with empty calories however obviously there's no nutrition and as more states have tried to pass these laws some politicians have even floated the idea of a national ban but people are iffy about that because it hurts small businesses as those are the ones that are selling junk food and it moves the business away from them and to vendors who actually don't follow any regulations. So they can actually just sell to younger um, people. And obviously COVID-19 has already disproportionately affected small businesses. However, many people say that it shouldn't just be a look into the businesses selling, but it should also be in a look into the connection between the corporations, right? The corporations and the politicians that have allowed this to happen the company Coca-Cola, a very classic American company, has had an enormous presence in Mexico from having actually one of their executives be a former leader in Mexico, or was a former leader in Mexico. And a lot of their attempts to do like sort of charity work to kind of screen their evil do uh, evil doings. Um, their you own sound evil like doings. a mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows, you know? This new legislation is only preceding a series of changes that have started in 2014 when there was a tax on sugary drinks along with the implementation of labels that said excess sugar, excess fat, right? Mm -hmm. Laws like these have actually caused an incremental yet strong decrease in junk food and soda consumption. Okay. I feel like this might pose some problems because, like you said before, 
people are stretching the little money that they have and purchasing these junk foods because it's filling for them, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets them through the day, through the week, or whatever. But if you're banning this type of food that's cheap, I know it's like not nutritious. Oh, I see what you mean. Like alternatives. Yeah. Like what are these like, what people going alter- Yeah, exactly. What are these people going to eat? I mean, for one, banning them in urban areas is different from banning them in rural areas where rural areas have more access to nutritious food because they farm their own food, right? Mm-hmm. But in urban areas, right, you're not farming. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the only alternative I see here is trying to offer try, uh, offer alternative foods or actually force corporations to make their foods healthier, right? Yeah. Reduce the sugar, reduce the um, saturated fat. Mm-hmm. That might take a while, though. That's just, like, a concern yeah. that I have. One alternative could be having the government subsidize these things. Like in America, right, there were issues of school lunches, right? How to offer kids, like kids who live in urban areas, they, I mean, obviously society doesn't want them to eat unhealthy food, right? Mm -hmm. But they can't really control what they eat for dinner when they're not at school. But what they can control is school lunch, right? Yeah. And one way is to make school lunch healthier. So that's something that's government subsidized. However, the issue is that the healthy school lunches, I don't know how healthy they are for I, one thing, right? Looking at them. We've tried, like, we go to a or we've gone to, like, school that, that offers those healthy food lunch, or that's what they offer only. The food is not good. I mean, okay, it's not bad per se. It's not the best. Like, I, it's definitely not the best. But I also don't think it's particularly healthy. No, it's really not. They, like, offer cookies and, like, chips. And they had, like, a chocolate muffin at one point. Because they volunteered at this, like, elementary school for, like, a summer camp thing over the summer. And they offered school lunches as well. They have done more than when we were in elementary school, for sure. Like, they offer more vegetables, more fruits, and stuff like that. Yes. But, but they didn't offer chips. I remember in elementary school, there were no chips. I don't remember chips. I don't think we had chips. But we had, like, all we had was, like, a like a huge tray of food and then just water or, like, milk. Water, milk, and maybe yeah. a thing of carrots. Yeah. I, but now they make you, like, take a fruit. They make, take they, milk. like, force you to take an apple or, like, like take this, oh, like, good. thing of broccoli. Oh, my God, I'm like, I don't really so want to take the apple. I'm sorry, but... Yeah, there's an issue with people touching the apples. I'd rather first wash the apple before I eat it. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to. There's like, I feel like a lot of kids also throw away that part of their lunch too. Yeah, so. Because no one's like watching you and going like, hey, you have to eat that. Plus, if someone did that to me, I'd be like, no, screw you. I'm not going to eat it now. Yeah. I mean, actually, if they offered oranges, I wouldn't mind because you can peel that stuff out off, right? But apples, I mean. You're kind of biting into it, and people, the late, the lunch person has touched it. Other people have maybe touched it. Like, where do I keep it? I don't just want to bite into it. That's weird. It's just unsanitary. I don't know. <laughs> but like things like bananas, um, or oranges, you're peeling it off, so it doesn't matter. Which is mm-hmm. much more healthier. You don't get scurvy. <laughs> There's no vitamin deficiency, right? Uh-huh. So oranges are a better alternative. Yeah. So you could offer instead of 
um, you know, offer fresh fruit instead, right? Mm -hmm. And, or like a substitute for, like, okay, the point we're trying to make is um, that we, they might be able to do what the government has done in America with the whole schooling system. Like, at least try to. Mm-hmm. And if it's, yeah. yeah, if it's businesses, right, just say, like, hey, like, here's an incentive to not sell the soda drinks. Maybe try offering, like, orange juice or something, right? Like you know we're if, banning your products. Yeah, like, if you need, like, we can give you money if you sell orange juice instead. Exactly. Right, or like sell the- bananas, sell apples. Mm-hmm. Just sell so whole like wheat bread. The products being offered are not junk food because I guess like the whole underlying issue is that underprivileged people are trying to rely on junk food as their source of not nutrition per se, but just like filling their stomachs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, those are the three stories that we have today. And before we end, obviously we have our Sunday snippet into the past. So what happened today on um, September 20th in many years ago. So in 1784, Packet and Daily, which is the first daily publication in America, appeared on the streets. So this is a homage to like the first newspaper kind of thing as we are trying to, you know, modeled after (laughs) what a Sunday newspaper experience should be. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we have. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. Have a good Sunday.